Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. The world's fastest vacation has ended, and we are back. Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. What did you do on your break, Ivan? I know we're going to talk about our individual things. Uh, I went on vacation. I went to uh, Boise. I went to the mountains for a weekend. Yes, and, uh, I, got, I did see that. And got trapped in Salt Lake for a day. For an evening, oh. I should say. What's Salt uh, Lake yeah. like? Worst place in the world. The Salt worst. Lake City. The I, worst? Uh, the, I mean, the worst I've seen so far. <laughs> Fair enough. The worst place in America you've seen so far. I guess so. <laughs> you, you, you can imagine worst places in the world? Uh... Places that I've been to. No, I've gone to generally nice places. Oh, lucky you. But friggin' Salt Lake City, it, like, the weather's awful. Like, it's like, it's like stuck in this, like, crag in the mountains. The weather's awful. The place is perpetually under construction. Like, I got there at night, I'm like, okay, this place ain't too bad. I get there in the morning. You get this impression, you think Salt Lake City would be nice because of, like, all the Mormon temples. Hmm. But, like, it seems like that is what has exhumed this city's life force. Y hmm. you, you look, and it's all these temples along the mountains, and then everything else is like a fucking dystopia. Well, temples along the mountains sounds nice, to be honest. It sounds nice, and on in, in tourism and propaganda, it looks nice, but when you're physically there, it looks awful. But wait, I want to see, see these temples. Like, how does it look? I mean, they look interesting. Like I said, the temple, we can tell this, the temples, like, exhume all the public funding. I'm looking at this temple. This temple looks fucking sick. Yeah, they you're look like... sick, but, like, when you're, like, now when you're actually in the place... It's like, they're creepy. They're very creepy in person. Okay, okay. You're, you're put off by a... Think of them as like monoliths that are clearly are like rooted into the ground and sucking the life force from the rest of the city. Because everything else surrounding it is just like dirt and cranes and fucking puddles. Okay, well that, that sounds less roads. nice, obviously. Exactly, and that's what I mean. It's just, it's not good. So I slept there overnight. Stina drove there overnight to, to just meet me there. And then we did basically a cross-mountain trip into Boise, which was a lot of fun. Like, once we got out of Boise, it was beautiful. So, sorry, once we got, out of, once we got out, of, out of Salt Lake, it was beautiful. Once we got into the Idaho and the mountains and the deserts and the farm, it was actually really nice. Fair enough. Salt Lake City looks... Is it just boring there, then? It's just trash. The place is just trash. And if you're from Salt Lake City, I think you do agree with me. Are, are the people there. nice, at least? Like... I mean, do you, do you talk to many of like the locals? The taxi drivers were nice. They were yeah. fucking nice. I was literally in an episode of Odd Taxi when I was <laughs> in Salt Lake City. I went through a whole conspiracy. It was great. Uh, a baboon man like burst into the taxi and he uh, he he put a gun up to your head. You said to him, "Well, I know I put a gun to the taxi driver's head. I'm the baboon." And you said, "Are you the motherfucker that swindled me out of?" And I said, get my pounds. ass out of Salt Lake City right now. I do not want to spend a night in this airport. It was scary. <laughs> Salt Lake's kind of scary, too. At, at night, you don't see how scummy it is, but it is scarier at night. It's not It's not a safe place, apparently, from what I've been told by multiple people. Multiple people I told this about. Multiple people I've talked to about Salt Lake City who know it say it's fucking dangerous, too. So apparently, I got super lucky that my taxi driver was a nice guy. I, I honestly, me and my friends were about like I spent a month in Bristol, which is like obviously English cities aren't anywhere close to what like your American cities are like, not nearly as big or anything like that. But 
I got fucking sick of living in a city after like a month. I hate city life. All my friends are just like, yeah, fuck city life. Yeah, but that's why I that's why I vacationed to Boise because Boise's a big city, but it's it's rustic though. Like it's 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 spaced out. I really like Boise. It's just a shame that it's so goddamn expensive. That's why Steen is moving out from there. Because the, the prices, it, it, the, the inflation has gotten ridiculous. Stina lives in Idaho, doesn't she? She lives in Boise. She lives yeah. there. That's why we came to see her. And okay. that's what I want to segue into is the fact that, so if we're talking about anime-related oh, stuff, wow. or anime sorry, sorry, manga-related... Sorry, the view of the mountains I've just seen, like, you know, I'm just, like, flipping through pictures of Boise. Like, in the distance, like, these big, rocky, red mountains as the they got sun snow. is, like, like We were there, it was, like, 70 degrees, and there was still snow on the mountains. It's beautiful. Yeah, fuck. It does look nice. But again, yeah. it's like it's that thing where it's like you know they only show you the good parts, don't they? Yeah, Anime because the bad stuff is the about? overpriced, and there's Nazis everywhere. Oh, okay. And that's why Cena's getting the f out. Yeah, no, Cena mentioned. But you take but you Nazis. take that aside. Boise's like great. Hmm. But like I said, segueing into the anime manga discussion, which is why our audience is here. What we did over break, Steen and I watched this little show called Kotaro Lives Alone. Yes, you mentioned. Which it. is available on Netflix. So. If you want to watch one last thing before you cancel your your Netflix subscription, watch Kotaro. It's fucking great. It's ten episodes, ten really dense episodes. I would describe it as Yatsubato with teeth. I always talked about back during Saturday Jump Days. I talked about because that's when I discovered Yatsubato and just evangelized it. And I found that Yatsubato has this undertone to it that's actually kind of melancholic and sad. Yatsubato's undertone is Kotaro's overtone. Kotaro Lives Alone is about this four-year-old child who lives alone, as the title suggests, in an apartment complex. And, um, basically it's about his neighbors who all just, like, communally take care of him. Because he came from a, an orphanage, a public housing, as they say. Um, and he was there because he came from an abusive family. And his father discovered where he was and started tracking him down. So, basically, the government had to move where no one could find him in this just small tiny town in in the middle of the city and uh and his neighbor one of his neighbors is a the main character is a manga artist uh there's a waitress uh a, a, a yakuza strongman is one of his neighbors who's like a total sweetheart i i, I always have to ask whenever uh, whenever an anime or manga has like a key character be a manga artist does it ever go into like what they do they actually they do so they they because part of the reason why he's able to take care of this kids because I mean, he works from home, and then, like, once a week, he visits the office, and they talk about deadlines and shit. And his editors also gets become, becomes, like, infatuated with this kid, where he takes him to the to office, which is, like, almost like a makeshift shueisha. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, oh, yeah, look at all these arcade games and toys and shit and merchandise. You can look at it. It's like a museum. Hmm. But, okay. uh, but the kid is just so great. And, like, I, I avoided this show for so long because the art style is... Eh... And the budget it's of the show... It's a Netflix show, isn't it? Yes, so the budget yeah. of that show is fucking cheap. I'm surprised you're still supporting Netflix. Um, well, because I pay for... Basically, in my household, as long as I keep paying for the Netflix subscription, I get the other fucking um, streaming services for free. So I'm, I pay for one and I get several. It's a good deal for me. But that being said, do I care about Netflix? I just joked about canceling. Yes, I don't... I, I think Netflix is the kind of place where you only get your subscription when something good is actually there. And at the moment, Kotaro Lives Alone is there, and uh, as well as another show that Steve and I fell in love with, which isn't anime, but it is a Japanese show called... America calls it Old Enough. 
In Japan, it's called My First Errand. And I like how this theming, like, it, it very much fits, um, the it basically fits the same theming as Kotaro Lives Alone. Because I want to keep on Kotaro Lives Alone. Uh, this is a four-year-old child who, um, like I said, he takes care of himself. He's very independent. He carries around a plastic samurai sword and he talks like a noble. And he's just so fucking charismatic and self-sufficient. But you really start peeling back the layers of what he went through and the trauma and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's a really dense show. It's a heavy show. And I really appreciate it. But the art style is, it's disarming. But the budgeting of the actual anime is a betrayal. This is a cheap Netflix show. But the, but the, uh, the story is so good. And the voice acting in the dub is great. They had a great team. And they actually got, um, real kids involved. Uh, not for the main character, because, I mean, th th there's child labor laws. But the supporting cast, there's also children on there. And they got actual children to play those characters. Which I actually really appreciate. I'm wondering, I haven't really researched the cast. But I'm wondering if that's somebody's kids, or if they actually got, like, legitimate child actors. They sound great. And, and, and that was something I appreciated. For that but yeah Kotaro lives alone um if you're looking for something to binge on Netflix because you will binge this you will want to watch this start to finish in one go um I highly recommend it that was basically like the best thing uh I looked over the uh the week this week off but uh, what were you what were you looking into okay personally I have rewatched writing bean my favorite OVA like three times in the last week just showing people who, like, stumbled into my house. Not even friends, Ivan, just strangers. I'm like, oh, hey, you you want to watch Riding Beam with me? It is about this absolute unit of a man and his partner going on a job and being framed. It's a, it's a big setup where at the start, he's, like, helping this guy get away. He's just, like, absolutely murked this cop, blown his head off. And, um... It all turns out to be a big setup for this complicated plan that has been going on, where it involves the most evil woman, I think, that I can actually think of in an anime, but I'll get to that. So, Bean and his partner Rally, who's like this expert gunman and everything, uh, basically do jobs helping people get away from the cops, whatever they can to get by. If you can pay the fee, they're just gonna do it. That's all it is, really. Um, Bean is a morally ambiguous character, which is what I really like about it. Uh, where even though he, he tries to be like, oh, this, this is a good guy and everything, he literally aids and abets people, like, get away after they commit murder and things like that. And that also, like, helps with the, uh, motivations of all the other characters around him. Like, you got this, uh, policeman, Percy, who's, like, been trying to, uh, bust him for ages, basically. He's, like, uh, a, a Chicago cop. So one day, this man comes to the door and everything to, like, uh, help him with the job. That He's all like, oh, th this young girl, uh, this, uh, rich heiress to a, a big company or something like that was kidnapped. She's been drugged the fuck up. You gotta help us. And, um, he gets blown away as their office has basically been uh, compromised 
by the enemy, essentially. They blow this guy away and they take the girl and get all the information they can. It, it, the show does a really good job of showing how each of these sides are professionals in their own way. Like, the villain is this mastermind. She's got everything set up. She puts on, like, a really manly voice, utilizing this fucking ring at the back of her throat and everything. She's a master of disguise. She's a manipulator. She's a freaking child molester. She's she's just stone fucking cold. Being in this uh, rally, on the other hand, I really got into the fact that the instant that this guy came in, they were, like, recording the conversation to have evidence of, like, this dude so that they can, like, you know, uh, reason with whoever they're trying to do this drop-off with and everything. Um, and the animation is superb. It's all about driving. Well, it's called riding Bean because Bean is... Uh, What's the word? A grease monkey or something? Is that what they used to call, like, greases or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. people work in a shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A He's, like, shop. obsessed with his car. He's got this beautiful custom red car that can do all this crazy shit. It's got, like, blades coming out of the hubcaps and stuff to, like, stop it on a dime when they're, like, careening, about to careen off the edge of an unfinished road. The wheels can, like, turn, probably not, but, like, 180 degrees or something. They can, like, turn sideways so he can, like, drive left and right like a, a like fucking tank controls or something in a video game and shit. Um, it's got everything. Bulletproof glass. It, it's a sick car is the point. Um, literally, I watched this with my mother, my friend. Uh, we were just uh, having some drinks and stuff and like talking and everything. And I was like, oh, let, let's put this on. And afterwards, I put on Gunsmith Cats for an episode. Have you seen Gunsmith Cats? I have not seen Gunsmith Cats. Okay, Riding Bean and Gunsmith Cats are created by the same person, and they even have, like, uh, the same name for I one am of familiar the characters. With, I, I, I am familiar with... I am more familiar with Riding Bean. I'm only familiar with the iconography of Gunsmith Cats. Yeah, well, uh, they're made by the same person. Literally, Bean, the main character, is so freaking likable, because the only thing my friend currently watches, really, anime-wise, is One Piece with me. We're, like, in Skypea right now. And he's really enjoying it. I, I, funny you should mention that because oh. Dean and I are watching Sky P, right? We, we basically, we because over that vacation, we watched the Alabasta movie. Oh. And oh, so yeah, now yeah, we're caught. And so, yeah, yeah. And so we're now, we, we just finished Jaya and now we're in the middle of Sky Pia. Nice. So Jaya's... now I get to finally, like, now that I'm not rushing through One Piece, now I get to just like digest in it and like really mm. take it all in. Yeah. It's... And I would actually like this week to talk about, um, the uh, recent chapters of the Iwano art. Oh yeah, no, good, good shout because uh, I, I read that earlier. Obviously, um, uh, we can talk about that in a second. But um, literally, I put on an episode of Gunsmith Cats because they really enjoyed it. My mom, and my friend enjoyed it, and, and I, I put it on, and they were waiting. They looked at me and they went, "Is Bean not in this one?" And I was like, "Uh, no." And they were like, "Turn it off." Bean is that likable that like a couple of casuals basically are immediately like oh my fucking god this guy's cool the entire OVA it's 40 minutes basically spends most of its time I would say not not most of it, it actually like utilizes its time very wisely uh the dialogue is um inform really informing about relationships with characters they get right to the point the characters uh Bean even mentions the line of it at the very end he's like we've got batshit insane cops like Heart of gold, rich guys, out and out scumballs. This this city still has plenty of fun to be had in it. It's, it's some of the most badass things I've seen. It is like a Stallone movie. It's an example of what I tell people when they look at anime, because 
I understand why people have like weird impressions like anime thinking that it's a specific genre but whenever I talk about writing bean to people I say this is like an over-the-top Stallone movie or something where yeah, he's I mean, just... Yeah, it's the 80s, it's the late 80s. Like, like, when, I, when I think of writing Bean, I think of, like, the most 80s fucking anime on the planet. It really freaking is. It is just super enjoyable and cool, and um, one of my favorite OVAs of all time. If people, like... It's getting another one soon, I believe. They kickstarted it back in 2018. I have no idea... Yeah, the... I, it's been a long time since I heard about that, mm -hmm. but yeah, I recall that as it well. It makes sense. They're probably trying to make a quality product and everything, and the fact of the matter is animation takes a long time. Especially, especially a, with a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Especially a fucking kickstart animation and everything. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. What I also watched, though, um, is uh, The World God Only Knows. and Because I watched that back in college, and I thought to myself, you know what, I could go for something that's not too heavy, pretty light i haven't watched the world god only knows in freaking years and i never finished the final season i still haven't i'm i'm like one episode into the third season i'm kind of rocky on it and uh it basically it, it it encompasses it is everything that i think a good harem anime should kind of be and that's the thing i don't like harem anime really you know that i know you don't like harem anime either but um I always hate the fact that in a lot of harem anime, it really feels like the main characters are just given everything. Because they're, at the mo for the most part, um, they're wish fulfillment, aren't they really? It's the same thing with like Sword Art Online, where you are the cool kid on the fucking block, and you get everything that you want. And it's not going to really go into it, it's like the character doesn't have to be interesting or anything. Um, they're just going to get it. But with the main character in this, he is the most oppressed subclass of all. A fucking gamer, of course. And, um, everyone is, like, pretty reviled by him. Everyone pretty much hates him. And every episode, you pretty much get a sore reminder of his social standing with everyone around him. Because he looks down his nose at people. He is many times said, I don't give a fuck about real life. I've given up on the real world. I just need games. That's all he does. Spends his time... Do you know the world God only knows? Never heard of this one. Like I, as as you okay. said before, you're like, I hate harem anime. No, that's a correction. I despise them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. So I clearly I would not go on my way to look for something like this. So the world God only knows is about I believe it's Kama Katsuragi, and yes, his name is a pun because it sounds like gamer. He has been conscripted into a squad of demons. Uh, from New Hell, because they've had like a managerial change or something like that, where they are basically capturing old evil souls that have escaped from Hell and are now possessing and residing in the hearts of young women who have issues. And so he is um, gotten, he, he's partnered up with this ditzy, silly girl named Elsie. She's like new at the job, she's not very good at anything, she has a few magical powers that help him out throughout like his conquests as they call him because his whole thing is that he's like obsessed with dating games and uh he's basically you know how like we've gotten to the point it's actually kind of realistic you know how we've gotten to the point where we've like analyzed and watched so much media over time that we can like look at something and immediately be like this is gonna happen that's gonna happen it's gonna go like this based on like what we're seeing yeah right he literally applies that logic 
to real life, but a lot of the time he's kind of wrong. But he also has like his wins. Basically, he's good at it's like a typical anime fan. Yeah, kind of. But as I said, it, it, it really doesn't. <laughs> ma it really doesn't make it about him being like amazing at this. It is like because even though he obviously succeeds at these things, it doesn't like give him the women either. Because every time that he does one of these missions and like helps a girl, um, they forget about everything. So he doesn't just have, like, a bunch of girls who've fallen in love with him, like, necessarily. Um, they literally just go back to being like, Ew, this fucking gamer nerd, get away from me, as he well deserves. Um, but there are occasions where, like, certain things happen, like, he'll... Okay, so, like, the first one's, like, pretty straightforward. He just wins her heart and everything by doing nice things for her and everything like that. It's pretty straightforward. But then it gets into things where, like, these evil spirits that I told you about... Um, I have to say, by the way, the first season is kind of boring. The second season is actually, like, fucking good shit. I, I was... I did not take my eyes off it. But then it'll get into things like these evil spirits, um start having effects on women like uh, there's this idol or she's a student idol who attends their school and she is incredibly anxious basically about her career because before she was discovered she was basically invisible so when she gets depressed when she gets down she literally turns invisible to people which then like makes her like you know anxiety even worse. It actually goes into a lot of psychological attributes of things. There's like a girl who's like been raised by a, a freaking karate master and everything. Um, and she's having this uh, issue of identity where she's like fighting against her more feminine kind of desires and everything. And she straight up is like about to kill a cat because she's like, no, a man would kill it or something. I and I want to be manly, and he's like, "No, you're just fucking insane. You're just being crazy." Um, and he helps her through with that. Uh, but the one that I really liked, that I thought was interesting, is where he has to help a teacher who attended his school. Some bullshit happened where basically she um. You know the kind of person that tries to, like, bring out 100% in someone? Like, no matter what, even if it's against their will, like, they don't really want to do something and they, like, push them really, really hard to do things? That is this teacher, and he basically has to force her to confront the fact that she goes overboard with trying to help people even when they don't want to be, and that, frankly, she needs to concentrate more on herself. Um, and... It, it was quite a sad one, I thought, actually, and it was the most interesting part of the show because it, like, flies in the face of all of his theories about women and everything like that from his games where he's all like, I can't pursue this road like in a dating game because she's my teacher. If I do it like this, I'm only going to be able to, like, do this shit at the end of graduation or something like that, and I only have two weeks because she's a substitute. Um... And, um, as it turns out, basically, um, it's a bit, like, cringe and everything, but it's like, oh, it kind of, she didn't have a spirit in her anymore at a certain point, apparently, and she just kind of falls in love with him and kisses at the end. It's like, well, that's weird, but it, it, it was actually good, I thought, because I like a show that doesn't just give the character everything, 
he genuinely struggles and is a social outcast, which, like, even though he's, like, a prick most of the time, and it's, like, the typical harem anime kind of thing, where, yeah, he gets the girls, and some of them like him because of certain reasons, he is not just tripping over pussy, you know? That's what I kind of appreciate about it. Um, I'd actually recommend checking it out, to be honest. It's pretty good for the most part. Where can people find that? Um, it's probably on Crunchyroll, I would say. Um, I think they finally caught up their catalog because that's one of the things we were struggling with over vacation because we were trying to watch a lot of anime and they've I, they should have kind of uh, took their time with the uh, I, I'm, I'm certain that they wanted to get the investors all excited but like they gotta you know get that catalog you know shifted there's also the an arc where he's trying to like because, by the way, he doesn't have to do anything bad. He just has to, like, have the girls open up their hearts to him and kind of, like, help them confront their issues. There's a bit where he basically tells this girl who was an heiress, um, fuck being rich. You're clearly fucking miserable since your dad died and you're not going to get that life back. You just got to accept the fact that you're down here with the rest of us. And then she's, like, working, like, a fucking shop for the rest of the show and everything like that. Um... The first season's basically introducing stuff. Second season gets into all the hell-related stuff where they bring in more members of the squad and stuff. Because they've got, like, girls with, like, scythes and everything that help out. And then the third season's all about this goddess arc that was in the manga. And I'm thinking after I've, um, watched it all, I'll probably read the manga. It went on from, like, 2008 to 2014 as well. So I had a good run. It was really popular. And, um... It's one of those things, you know how a manga artist usually, because obviously they like take time with their work, this manga artist like takes maybe a year off at most and then just gets straight back to work on a new thing and they're just, they've just been blasting stuff out since the world God only knows. Like their most recent work has like been out since 2020 and it's still going. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it, the world God only knows, it's pretty good. Might be yeah, some shit in there that you still that. don't like though. I'm willing to admit that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, also speaking of uh, reading, uh, so what I read over the uh, vacation, uh, Jump released uh, a new, on the main magazine, they released a, uh, a new series called My Super Smartphone. Yes, you mentioned this. What's it about? Um, yeah, so... You mentioned it was kid... like Death Note? What's that? You mentioned it was giving you Death Note vibes? Yeah, so listen to this premise and let me t and let me see, see if you uh, can resemble the uh, if you can catch the resemblance. Okay, okay. Uh, so this kid, um, he's a genius. He's a he's a prodigy, but he just does the bare minimum at school. Like he's at school, his friends complain. There's a bunch of exposition. Like, oh wow, you're a total genius, but you only like get the bare minimum B minus because you're bored. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, uh, it's actually more interesting. It's more fun to try to get the bare minimum grade than it is to just get a straight A. Like, it's more of a challenge. Because mm. I'm so smart. It's high school, bro. Wait till you get to college and get fucked. Um, so, he, they're like, alright. And then they just randomly drop his past where he had a little brother that disappeared to the park one day and the police could never find him. And that frustrated him. Because he's like, bro, we have facts. We have computers. We have everything. We have knowledge. And we can't find one fucking kid. So he's just like completely disillusioned. Uh, that's the reason why he's so fucking lazy too. Is the fact that he's just so disillusioned about the world. Mm -hmm. And then one day, he randomly finds... It looks like an iPad... An iPod Nano. 
but it's supposed to be a smartphone. It's supposed okay. to be a smartphone, but it looks like an iPod Nano, <laughs> or like 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 a little tiny iPod. And uh, this contraption, this super smartphone, can look up any man-made piece of information. If it was written down, if it was recorded, it can be found. Like in a book. Anything. It doesn't matter if it's in a computer. Scrolled in a book. on a fucking wall. If someone drew graffiti. If it's a, another stunning example is if someone dropped a fucking quarter, that quarter has written information on it. It can be tracked. Okay. Yeah. And so this phone can track anything. So immediately he goes, okay, this is bullshit. I dropped a quarter here. I, dro- I I lost some change the other day. Can you find it? And this fucking thing pinpoints on a map immediately. Boom, 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 boom. That's all the change you lost. Some people picked it up and ran with it. Some of it's still underneath a fucking vending machine. He's like, okay. oh, fuck. And he goes, all right. I need proof that aliens exist at Area 51. This machine immediately looks up fucking U.S. documents from the fucking Pentagon. It just has it. And he's like, how do I know you're not just making this shit up? What did I write in my diary two weeks ago? It looks up what he wrote in his diary two weeks ago. It's like, bro, that's not even a computer. What the fuck? <laughs> and this fucking and this thing talks to him. He goes, I can. And if it was written down, if it's information, I can look it up. But and when you do look things up, I give you points. Why? Yes. Why do you give me points? Please collect more points. Why do you need me to collect more points? Please collect more points. He goes, all right. The news goes on, and a child has gone missing. A child has been abducted. Can I look up where this kid is? He goes, no. That child does not have information on them. He goes, hmm. Look up child's clothing in this specific area from this specific I w- store. I was, I was literally about to say that. Yes. And so he goes, all right, boom, 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 boom. They can't find her because whoever abducted her changed her clothes. Fuck. All right. Let me look up a certain age number. Single households who bought child's clothing in this specific span of area at this specific time. He looks, he tracks the fucker. He calls the police, rescues the kid. He's like, oh man, this is fucking, he remi- so I'm talking about these, so this is why I want to talk about Death Note. This is kind of how Light Yagami began. So I immediately, I, I'm getting a cross between Light Yagami and Senku from Dr. Stone. We have the guy who wants to play it like a game, and we have Light Yagami, the guy who thinks he can do better in the world. And so that's why I really want to lean towards Death Note, because this mysterious object that just comes, and it's clearly, this, this object, this, this smartphone, keep calling it object, it's a smartphone, it's called Super Smartphone. This Super Smartphone is clearly unreliable. This thing has a motive, because it becomes increasingly obvious that this thing intentionally withholds information from him, because he starts trying to track his little brother, and it won't give him any information. He goes, that's against the rules. I feel like you could give me at least something. And the phone responds, please collect more points. So he reasons that if I keep playing with this phone and keep looking stuff up and keep doing work, eventually this phone will start spoon feeding me the information to find my little brother. But again, I, 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 it reminds me so much of Death Note because I'm like, this is kind of how Death Note started where Light started killing off bad guys and shit. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering at some point, there's going to be a turn. This feels like the beginning of a power corrupts kind of story. Well, I have to ask, is there any kind of like, probably not yet because it's in the first chapter evidently, is there any kind of established like uh, price for this information? 
Not that we've seen yet. I feel like that's coming. Like, hmm. right now, I, I, out of all the new shit that we have been reading since we started this new Joycast, this is the one that I genuinely believe is going to go the distance. If it can maintain, all it has to do is maintain steady course, keep trickling us information the same way this phone keeps trickling information to this protagonist. We are hmm. on to something great. This is an instant, it's going to get an anime. Hmm. It's it's got all the makings. It's interesting enough. It's cheap enough. This, but it's not just a jobber. I am genuinely actually interested in where this is going. I'm actually intrigued by the mystery. I would also like to know how this phone can do this, why it's being a bitch, and where his brother is. I already have theories. I actually, I'm actually back in in a month when he drops the manga. I, I, exactly. I'm the, this is the most. So this is the most intrigued I've been <laughs> since Ghost Rider. Time, hmm. parad time Paradox Ghost Rider. Yeah. That really went... That didn't go anywhere, did it? Yeah, you're, we already said that one got canceled. No, because it got yeah, canceled. It went like nine chapters and got fucking canceled because it was too good. Yeah, and it had the whole contra because I, I, I don't really get it because it's a fictional character, but it's like it had a lot... Because he, pl he plagiarized to save someone. It was very complicated. He wasn't supposed to be a fucking cinnamon roll of a man. He was no. a skeezy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He wasn't perfect, but he was doing what he believed was right. And when he knew he was plagiarizing, he reasoned, okay, I fucked up. I got to do better. Like, I, I I understand the controversy, but it was so overblown. It wasn't even a controversy. It's not like it was trying to say, like, it's good to plagiarize. It was just, like, trying to be a complicated story. That's it. It was too ahead of its time. Ghost Rider Time Paradox, whatever it was called, it was way too ahead of its time. It's only nine chapters. It's a quick read, everyone. Please read it. But this right now, this is the most intriguing thing I've read from Shonen Jump since that and i just hope it doesn't rattle any controversies i hope it maintains its audience i would like this I think we one both to go know that's impossible in this day and age ivan i don't know man this thing is safe this thing is so far is pretty fucking safe and i think that's the point that's the reason why i think this one's going to go far because it's not overexerting itself it's not rattling any cages it's just giving you like just this little a slight Death Note vibe with a little bit of Senku from Dr. Stone. I'm hoping it plays the little mental gymnastics that Dr. Stone did in its early days. Because th this, this this one could go far. I just, I, I need to see more. I am already intrigued and I'm frothing at the mouth for more. I'm like, I want to see where this is going. I certainly hope so. It definitely sounds interesting and I, I'm already wanting to know, okay, what's the price for this information? Like, yes, how does I, this I, work? I, what's with the point? And I am generally under the impression that it is going to give us that. I feel like it's, I have a good feeling about this one. The exposition was a little hokey, but it was merciful. It was quick. They said, we're just going to give you just like the phone. We're going to give you the bare minimum amount of information you need to hook you, to make you understand how this kid works. Inciting incidents. He gets the phone. Now, the, the shit's going to write itself. The shit writes itself. It's so genius in its simplicity. I'm very much... Because I've heard... This has been a rumor for like months. I've heard about this super smartphone in the works. And people were talking about it. I'm like... My super smartphone, pfft, fucking buzzwordy fucking anime. It's for the fucking Zoomers. I don't give a shit. And I kept, and I said that until the moment I opened it. Until the moment I opened it, I went, okay, it's simple. It's definitely trying to write on its buzzword, 
but there is substance here. It's got mystery. It's got good art. I, the, the, the protagonist is a person. We complain about Yomi no Sugai, where the, the, the protagonist is kind of got very empty. understandable uh, motivations and everything. The trauma and everything. Like, like I said, this, this, this protagonist has motivations. This protagonist is efficient. He's a, he's a purposeful underachiever. He goes, it's actually more fun for me to fail than it is to succeed because it allows me to create a game. And I'm like, that's interesting. That's a, that's a personality. That, I, I like this guy. I just, I want to see more of him though. We've seen a little bit of his supporting cast. So I want to see them bounce off each other. I, I'm hoping that the supporting cast is more interesting. Because that's the only thing. Right now, I'm all in on this kid and his phone. I don't care about his surroundings too much. I didn't see many other characters as I just skimmed through it. There's a childhood crush. She's introduced in the, oh, um, so the, the exposition shit. She's the one that delivers us the exposition. Are you excited for Mob Psycho Season 3? At the mention of a childhood crush. Saw I the trailer. Thought, yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> it's the final season too. It's weird to think it's that... Yeah, of course it is because it was a very short series. The manga ended back in 2018 and no one fucking mentioned it because... Obviously because no one, actually no one actually watched, reads the yeah, manga. Yeah, no one actually read the manga. They just wanted to watch the fucking anime. I understand why, because the anime has so much good because production the, because behind Because the it. anime carries. It's very good. And, and one himself would concede that. Mm. That the animation, when done right, carries his work. Because One Punch Man... Who the fuck, who the fuck is still reading One Punch Man? Oh, what, the comic? The actual... The, the, the one that's being actually drawn by the iShield 21 guy. Like, I, I, I... Once in a while, I peek into it. And I'm just like... It exists. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're all cashing in their paychecks. No, it, it's the art looks good. It's rather a shame though, because Mob Psycho was when I think, even though you could say that he, he's not like comparable to someone like, obviously, I Shield Twenty One guy. Uh, Mob Psycho is where he really did start to like, really go hard with his art and everything. It is a shame. Yes, because I, I, I've, I've looked at both. I've looked at both what, the original One Punch Man and the original Mob Psycho, and I, Mob Psycho, now it's not bad. One Punch Man is bad, mm. art-wise. No. Yes. Mob Psycho is style. That's his, that is now his trademark style. Mm. He refined the tools he had to work with. He did. I I have the utmost respect for one as a career. Do I like what... Do I... Uh, here's the thing. I, you and I have talked about this. One Punch Man. Is it cool? Yeah, sure. But do I give a shit? Not really. Yes, same. Not really. I like season one. That's it. Otherwise, I don't... That, yeah. I, I appreciate... One Punch Man season one, I don't watch the rest. I don't care for it. It's pretty much your typical shonen. One of my favorite bits, though, that I've only seen in the comic, because they haven't gotten that far in the manga, it's where the Atomic Samurai challenges, uh... The guy with the, the heart, the pounding heart. What's his name? King. King. Yeah, with the King's engine and all that stuff. And he's all like... King, you're the strongest man alive. I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask you for a fight. I just want a request of you. And he puts down an apple. He's like, "Take my sword, and I want you to cut this apple. And depending on how you cut this apple, I will know just how strong you are." And he's like, obviously, like shaking his fucking boots, like, "Oh God, fucking damn it, this shit. I just want to go home and play my freaking fighting games or whatever." And he like sits down. And suddenly he just pulls the sword out, gets into position. He's all like, oh my god. Oh my god, this sword is way heavier than I thought it would be. It took all of my strength just to, like, get into this pose with it. And he just puts the sword back down. He's like, I'm just going to fucking walk away. <laughs> Fuck this guy. And his students are, like, really confused with the atomic samurai there and, like, a gasp and everything like that. They're like, oh my god. 
I never even thought about that. Why do I need to cut it? I just yeah, re- that's just one punch man's humor. It is. It's um. I think the manga itself kind of flies in the face of what it originally was, where it is exactly, just- yeah, exactly. No, that, that that's exactly the point. Like I, I think I think it benefit. I think it's to the benefit of the anime. Almost oh, definitely. I, I wish I wish there was like a marriage between the two. I wish one was drawing and then like every once in a while, the other guy steps in. Like that would be cool. I'm sure a version like that exists online. I, I I'm sure someone feels the same prob- way. I don't hate One Punch Man. It's fine. I just don't. No, me too. I don't it just exists. I'm just I'm I'm apathetic. But you know to what? It. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. But the Eye Shield 21 artist is so goddamn good. Yes. That I want him to do other fucking things. Yes, I, I want him to do his own I fucking could. thing. I want him to do his own goddamn thing because he is so fucking talented. I think, um... But again, they're all just cashing in their paychecks. He collaborated with the Naruto artist years ago, I think after Naruto ended, and it was about, like, this over-the-top cockroach killing manga. I know ex- I know exactly what you're talking about. We made references to it in My Hero Bridged. It was really insane shit, and it looked, and it looked amazing. It I'm was like, a really wish- fun one-shot. Yeah, I really, and when he, like, when he's doing his own thing and he's drawing, like, pictures of Spider-Man and everything and superheroes, because he he also, uh, similarly to the My Hero Academia guy, really likes Western comics, I think. He, he just blows my freaking mind, man. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully someday. Hopefully One Punch Man ends and then he can move on. Speaking of My Hero Academia, should we talk about that? I would actually like to reserve My Hero Academia for another week. I would ne- Next week, I'd like to come back for a more in-depth discussion of catching up to what My Hero Academia is doing. We need some more time because that, that, that thing has been on break for like over a month now. It just, ca- it just came back. And we still got two more chapters of uh, Vigilantes, one that just came out today that I have not read yet. So I would, I would like to save all of that. I, 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 for once, you don't have to remind me that Vigilantes come out because I'm, I, I always get like. Yep, it ends. It ends af- in two after weeks. two weeks. I'm like, I think it end, no, the final chapter is next week. Nope, yes, two final chapter. Yeah, yeah, because weeks. sorry, once again, because I, I'm always stuck on that mindset of there's going to be a new chapter next week. No, there isn't going to be a new chapter next week. There's going to be a new chapter in two weeks. I really liked this new chapter only because. Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> No, I won't tell you. You'll see. Uh, no, You'll again, see. save it. Save we will it. go. We will go next week on this. I actually want to draw attention over to One Piece. Oh yes, yes, yes. Go on. Because because while my hero is coming back, One Piece is now becoming the one that's starting to go on break a bit. So I want to catch up now. We appear to be in the climate because specifically a lot just happened this week. We've all been waiting for that origin for. So this is um audience. This is One Piece chapter one thousand forty nine. Spoilers. Um, we finally get Kaido's origin story. It was a lot more brief than I would have liked it to be, but it, 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 was, but it was like enough. a bullet point. It was like bullet points. It was enough, but I am severely disappointed, and I'm actually like detracting points from Wano now because I was probably expecting too much, like the rest of the audiences. But like Kaido, at the end of the day, is Douglas Bullet. He's just a fucking brute. He's, Douglas he's a jobber, and that's he. Lit- he has basically the same backstory as Douglas Bullet, minus surviving a freaking uh, Buster call. Exactly, exactly. Basically, like Kaido. What I do respect about Kaido, though, is he he stayed in Wano so that he could be defeated. Yes. And it and that's that rings true to his character because we're introduced to Kaido, him jumping off trying to kill himself. So, like, we knew this guy had a death wish from the very beginning. So, 
it's very true to his character. I just, I just thought we would be more enlightened. I thought there would be some grand realization that I would like, I would love him more, but I'm just like, if this is just a Nell all over again, we just have one really strong guy. Well, this is where I think it's interesting because I believe now with Luffy being the man that has defeated Kaido because like, um, it's that bit at the very, near the end of the chapter where he says, I know who Joy Boy is. And it's like, and who's that? It's like, it's the man who will defeat me. Yes, and that, that, that's why he says in Wano, he's, he's waiting for Joy Boy. Exactly. And that's why I think that Kaido might stick around a lot more in the series. I think yeah. he might be a much more important character. And that's what I'm hoping for. Because I remember talking to my friend and being like, and he was talking about um um uh, Yama Yamato or uh, Odin, whatever she wants to be, he wants to be called. Um, and, and they were like, oh, I, I want Yamato to join the crew. I'm like... Yeah, I understand why everyone wants Yamato to join the crew, but you know who I want to join the crew? Or at least the Grand Fleet? Kaido. I want I don't Kaido think, to join the Grand Fleet. I don't think Kaido joins the Grand Fleet, but... Probably I not. do think he does. I think out of all the fucking, like, uh, warlords or emperors that we've encountered, I feel like Kaido has the strongest chance to be a Twilight, like a climax moment ally. I feel mm. like when the big war fucking happens... Kaido will come to the side of um, Luffy. Yes, he'll, he'll be I, there. I absolutely agree. He I will. Think, most I think definitely. Luffy earns his respect here, but I'm just like I, his origin was a very bold point. I mean, there's interesting, but there's interesting points to that. No, yeah, that's because I, I, we both know they want to have a big. They want an Odin length flashback for the Rocks crew. Let's be honest. That's yes, what I'm thinking. I think so too, and I think maybe that's where we get more. But like otherwise, yeah. yeah, Kaido was just a big physical wall at the end of the day. I'm like, that's fine. That works for what this was, but god damn it. I I, I don't I, I it's like at this point I just I just always like expect to feel a bit more for these guys when they get their big fucking moment, their big flashback. And here I'm just like, he was a brute, he was always a brute, he's going to continue to be a brute cool i respect the, i respect him though this is what i basically what i earned was respect that i already had like I, I i i'm not learning anything i didn't already have other than the fact that it's funny that he would get arrested on purpose so he could eat yeah no i kind of liked that i thought that was funny and, that, and then, that, that's just one piece that's just the tone of one piece yeah, because everyone always said that Kaido is like a career loser and everything like that. And I was like, well, I find that very strange because he's obviously like unstoppable to a degree. But then it's like, oh, no, he he allowed it. And yeah, I'm like, he did oh, it on yeah, purpose. It's a, and I'm like, all it's, right. It's a, it's a very simple, like you said, it, literally it is bullet points. It, it just goes here. He's 10 years old. He's a fucking child soldier the kingdom of vodka here he's 15 years old being used as a bargaining chip so his country can like you know do reverie i'll, I'll admit even more so like ev everything that comes up about the celestial dragons i i just seethe with hate on like you know the and list that's the of point, things ain't it? Ain't that the yeah point? it fucking is um and then it's like oh here he's like 20 years old or f again 15 joins uh the rocks pirates like i said they're gonna have their own yeah ba basically the big grand flashback was the odin flashback that was our big grand like fucking L nolan the liar-esque fucking origin story we got it he we i'll be honest here's what i kind of wanted this fight's I ending i wanted kaido 
to have like a lasting impact on Luffy. I wanted him to like bite off Luffy's fucking hand or something. I was like, please. Yeah, yeah like leave a reminder, like something. I, I, I kind of agree on that situation as well, but the design is already perfect. Unfortunately, the kid already started off with a scar. Yeah. And then he got an X on his chest. I feel like that's the most we're ever gonna get. True. Um, you know what was satisfying though? Watching Orochi's final head fucking burn. Yeah, I'm one of those guys is like who should have died like ages ago. Like I'm fucking tired, you fucker. Fucking ah, dude, die there are already. So many characters. There are so many. Like, Wano has been the worst arc in my opinion for fake out deaths. It, it really pushed it way too far. That I'm again, sure like it just reminds me of Dressrosa, where fucking Doflamingo has like a million fucking body doubles, and I'm like, bro, how many fucking body doubles do you fucking need, bro? This is getting fucking annoying. <laughs> And, um, it also did the thing that a lot of people, like, agreed with in Dressrosa, that no one liked the way that, like, it ended in the anime. You know how, like, Luffy doing his, like, King Kong gun against, uh, Doflamingo's God Thread? And, and they have that usual, like, power struggle. It's like a beam struggle in Dragon Ball, pardon me, in Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Where, like, you know, the beam's, like, going back and forth and everything. Oh, who's be whose dick is bigger? Whose dick is bigger? Whose stream is gonna let out first and everything? I, I, I have been so done with that for so long where I'm um, in the manga in Dressrosa because it was only in the anime that they did this where the punch and the thread did the Dragon Ball Z thing in the manga it gave this really amazing overpowering thing where Luffy's punch just decimates Doflamingo in an instant. It didn't take like a minute for it to come down. But he's done exactly this here. Yeah, because the, str the struggle was just getting to that fucking moment. I know, and um, it, it makes me think that even though uh, Horikoshi uh, my, or My Hero Academia it is Horikoshi, right? Yeah, My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah. Horiko yeah, My Hero Academia and everything. One thing that I appreciate about the All Might versus All For One fight is that bit where it's like he does the big punch, but that wasn't the point. It was the second punch. The first one was just a distraction. It's like not a big thing. I just anything but that fucking power struggle. You know, it's a it's just really a trope. It just exists. It, it's a trope. It it, it 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 adds more. It's it, it's the tried true way to add some weight to a fucking clash. Just to add some more minutes. Because otherwise it ends too soon. But that's a testament to My Hero Academia. Because My Hero Academia has great pacing. You know, when it, it when it wants to. As we've complained many we times. We can both agree that the Stars and Stripes fight might have been one of the best fights that we've seen in the last maybe year or something. Yeah. In the show I think America. we discussed that last week when we were talking about My Hero. We're just like, he is at, like Horikoshi's action has only gotten better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Also, another thing that this arc is really set in stone for me for the future of One Piece because Kaido basically confirms Haki or Ryo or th th this um the same thing. you know hitting without touch this hitting without touching technique is what I was trying to get to um it just re and, and re-watching Alabaster and Skypea so far and everything Skypea is the one where I really think about Haki a lot yeah, no, it, it's it's um it's the place where you could obviously be like, oh, this is where Haki really started before Oda decided to like make it like a big thing, and that that's just the example of things just working out. Like when people try it wasn't, to say, I think Haki wasn't a thing back then, but now but now wasn't. he has, but now he has that, and it's like, oh fuck, I kind of already did this. Well, yeah, but, like, because Haki is basically Haki is like cool. I get like when when it first came out, I was like, oh my god, ha Haki's mate, ha he's been planning this for ages. You know, when I was an idiot, when it's like. 
Shanks used Haki. No, it's an anime trope. He just stared the monster down. It wasn't yeah. fucking Haki. And, then, and now retroactively we can just say it was Haki. Yeah, we can just retroactively say it's Haki. It's, it's why it's why people, you know, we harp on about Dragon Ball Z fans, but you know, I've been like looking at like One Piece Twitter more and everything, and I can see more and more every day why some people are like, oh, these fucking One Piece fans getting on my tits. But Alabaster and Skypiea especially, making me really miss when there was like this hint of logic and everything where it's like you know using water to combat crocodile sand and everything luffy obviously being rubber yes luffy was very clever in a way that mm. you know luffy's supposed to be an idiot but like his fights are often more clever than midoriya's are oh, and yeah. midoriya's supposed to be the fucking nerd who fucking does notes and shit and i feel like luffy fucking outdoes midoriya in that regard because he finds these clever little tricks. Midoriya's fights have gone from him, like, uh, analytically, like, looking at his opponent. Midoriya's first fight, so Midoriya's, like, opening fights, like, with Bakugo and shit, they were analytical. Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm but saying. But then after that, basically, the moment he refined one for all, he's like, oh, yeah, fuck, I can just punch things real hard. Yeah, no, uh, I wouldn't go that far. I would say, ever since he's refined- It's progress, but, like, I liked you better when you were a thinker point but i would say ever since he's refined one for all and gotten the powers the impressiveness of his fights more come into him uh changing between these quirks and it's everything. the balancing he's no longer... act but the same day it's still just a bunch of powers like i i liked like it's a balancing act between all those powers but it's not as analytical as that appears on the surface. Like, go back, watch, like, read Midoriya's earlier fights. I would say Lady Nagan was an example of him being analytical again. Yeah, briefly, but 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 still, never as deep as it was before. Like, go back to the sports festival. Go hmm. back to the, to the opening exams. Like, he thought more. He really did. Versus now, where it's more of him. It's more cost opportunity. Opportunity cost is where how he plays the. It's simple. It's not as deep as it was before, and it's, and it's a oh, shame. No. Midoriya, Midoriya just never really... I don't think that intelligent... I don't think that intelligent and, and really thought-out fights where, where, like, this guy is trying to be, like, every fight has to have, like, you know, this well-thought-out process to it and everything, this build-up and, and then climax or um something like that. People probably be in the comments saying Hunter Hunter... We, we said this the other week. We, we, we're not that bothered. I mean, Ivan, do you want to watch Hunter x Hunter together if if we fucking have enough, like, requests? I really don't. I'm sorry. I know I know Hunter x Hunter's Fair great. Enough. I just don't care. Like, I, I'm sorry. I watched One Piece. You're not going to get me off One you Piece. Don't even, you don't even have One a Piece. price, Ivan? Not even a price? I, I did rewatch the, the, the modern anime. Yeah. I watched that. I enjoyed it, but I just don't want to go any deeper into that. Like, I'm like, all right, this is good. As I was saying, the, the point is, really well thought out, intelligent fights in a manga or anime, it doesn't work for a long-lasting series. Even something that has lasted as long as My, uh, My Hero Academia, which is, uh, you know, eight years old at this point. Like, you can't keep it up that well, really, I would say, because you've got to go with, like, there's always the power scaling, and everything if you're gonna do that kind of thing you've got to make it so that your fights are more realistic and grounded and stick to a certain level and whatnot it's um like tepu i imagine yeah, like, tepu. Just, just gave us that promise tepu and... probably does that really well I, I know i said i was gonna like get back to reading it um it, it's still it's, it's like right there on my freaking bookmarks and i keep going to it um but then I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing loads of shit lately. I'm like trying to work out a bunch of things business-wise. And I'm like, 
learning how to use Blender and crap. Um, but um, yeah, that, 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 that's pretty much just my point. These shonen fights where everything, everything is just scaling and everything, you can't have like super intelligent, well thought out fights at a certain point. Because now that Luffy has Haki and everything, you're never gonna have an opponent like Crocodile where there's an elemental weakness to it or something, or you know he's gonna need backup, uh, backup from something. Even One Piece Strong World did this really well. Well, where obviously the main antagonist can fly. What does he do? He hops on a fucking crazy lightning duck and shit like that. That stuff was and then Luffy so like because cool. Luffy's resistant to lightning. He literally sticks his fucking foot in a lightning bolt. Yeah. And fucking uses the charges kick. It's fucking awesome. It, Again, it is. Like 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 just. Luffy without even saying like because again it doesn't even have to be it can be wordless because Luffy does this wordlessly where he just really takes advantage of his environment mm. you know he, he does I mean it, like he takes advantage he takes advantages of his of his opponent's weaknesses he takes advantage of his environment he's very clever without really talking about it. and that's why I'm just like Midori, you're supposed to be the smart one, bro. Luffy looks like a fucking genius compared to you. Yeah, the fact what is, is up with this? everything is down to spectacle now. Like, Don't advertise that you're a fucking fanatic and, a fu and don't bring that fucking notebook out if you're not going to fucking use it. Mm, yeah. I think we're hitting time now. We're definitely hitting time. So we'll be back next week where we're going to start. We're going to catch up with My Academia because there's definitely stuff to discuss now. Mm, no, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm actually glad. I'm actually glad you said save for next week because I feel like I feel like we need one more chapter really to We need one more chapter everything. so we have something of substance to discuss because this is what I will say. I talked about how I was concerned about My Hero Academia, whether it was going to end or not. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, oh my god. It, as long as it stops going on break... It could end very soon. It's moving very fast. I, I absolutely agree. I, I literally it's have worrying the same me. thought. It's very worrisome. It's moving very fast. I will say, though, this is probably it, this chapter is probably the most I've ever seen Todoroki, like, express himself. Yeah, or be expressionate. but we will discuss that next week. We will express our opinions. Train's here. Next week. Go, 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 go. Well, the, train's, the train's always here. We're, the train's stopping. I thought you... Know your lore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go then. See you next week. Okay, we're, we're almost as inconsistent we, as Midoriya. We won't, we won't be on break next week, so uh, look forward to it. Unless one of us gets sick, because my god, everyone's getting sick again. I wonder why. Is that for, is that for, is that for shadowing, Ivan? You want another holiday? You want two lots of six-month holidays in a year, you greedy bitch? Bye. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Gooner Bear, and Fluffy Giggles McCool Kid. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast, and crew, 
or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.